Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is June 17th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me blog. And next week we're going to be studying Matthew chapters 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, and John 19. Now it's interesting, John 18 actually talks quite a bit about some of the trials of the Savior, but we're not going to focus on those today because we're going to get into a lot of those next week. So today we're more going to finish up the Gethsemane experience, but we'll save the trials and what happened outside of Gethsemane or what happened next for next week. But we haven't got into John chapter 18 at all. So let's talk a little bit about these first couple verses of John chapter 18. It's interesting, of all the Gospels, John had the closest firsthand account of Gethsemane. Remember, the Savior left his eight disciples far off and then brought Peter, James, and John closer with him. So of all the Gospel writers who could have really given a firsthand account of Gethsemane, it should have been John. Now, Mark received his account of the gospel from Peter, so he's getting a good secondhand account, but John was actually there, and yet he does not talk to us about Gethsemane. We don't get the Savior suffering from John at all. Now, you might say, well, yeah, that's because John slept through it, and there's important lessons to be learned there. Are we sleeping through the atonement of Jesus Christ? Are we sleeping through what the Savior is doing and is trying to do for us in our lives? Or is John simply letting the sacred be sacred? Did he not mention it because it was just too sacred to him to give us details? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that we ever will know the answer to that, but I think both of those are interesting scenarios to consider. So John jumps right in to the end of Gethsemane. He doesn't talk about the Savior suffering at all, but he goes straight into what happened after the Savior suffering in Gethsemane. Starting in verse one, it says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron, or some people call it Kidron, where was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. Now, that might seem like a very insignificant verse, but there is very, very significant symbolism when it comes to this brook Cedron. Keep in mind, we have just experienced the Passover here in Jerusalem. So people all brought their sacrificial lambs to the temple. Now also keep in mind, Gethsemane was placed in kind of a valley between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. Gethsemane was just down the mountain from the temple. Now because Passover was just happening or just happened, keep in mind Passover lamb wasn't just one lamb. Lots of people brought their lambs to be sacrificed. And as part of that sacrifice, the blood of the lamb had to be shed. Well, when you've got so many lambs, what do you do with all that blood? In the Savior's day, there was actually a channel all the way from the temple down to the brook of Cedron, and they would run the blood of the lambs down this little channel, and it would empty into the brook of Cedron. Beautiful symbolism as we see that the Savior crossed over the brook of Cedron to shed his blood, the blood of God's lamb, there in Gethsemane. Beautiful symbolism, something really neat detail that John gives us. Verse 2, And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. 
Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto him, Whom seek ye? I think that that's an interesting question. The Savior knows what's going on. He knows what they're there for, yet he still asks the question. It reminds me of the Garden of Eden. God knows where Adam is, yet he still asks the question, where art thou? And he does that almost as a test, as an opportunity for Adam to step forward and say, I'm here. Here the Savior says, whom seek ye, knowing very well that they are coming after him. But it's almost like giving them the opportunity to say it for themselves. So they explain that they've come for him. There's a little exchange there. And then in verse 10, it says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into its sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Now, there are a couple lessons that I think that are important for us to learn here. The first is from Judas. The scriptures don't give us any sort of detail about why Judas did what he did. And I don't think we'll have an answer to that in this lifetime. But there are lessons that we can learn here from him. Judas betrayed the Savior. Yes, absolutely. But he also betrayed himself. Self-betrayal is one of those therapy terms that is used quite frequently these days. But essentially, self-betrayal means going against your inner self or going against what you really know. And here, that's absolutely what Judas is doing. For whatever reason, Judas goes against all the experiences that he has had with the Savior. He goes against the experiences that he has had coming to know Jesus as the Christ. My friends, what ways do we sometimes do that? How do we sometimes betray ourselves? The experiences that we've had, the testimonies that we've gained, the conversion that we have. In what ways do we sometimes betray ourselves and let go of those experiences, those testimonies, those conversion moments? It's so easy sometimes to take a look at the villains of the scriptures and think, oh, they're so horrible. How could anyone do anything like that? When in reality, if we're willing to really look at ourselves, sometimes we see more Judas than Peter in ourselves. Sometimes we are more Laman and Lemuel than Nephi. So it's important that we take a look at ourselves and say, in what way do I sometimes betray myself? In what ways do I sometimes betray my testimony? In what way do I sometimes betray Christ? So here, Judas betrays the Savior. Peter jumps in, impetuous as always, cuts off the air of a servant. The Savior beautifully heals that servant, but he says something to Peter that's so important. He says, the cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Meaning Christ understood his purpose. He knew what he was there to do, and he was willing to move towards that purpose. My friends, it is my testimony. It is my belief that you and I have a purpose here on this earth. We are not here randomly, but God has placed us here now for a very specific purpose. Do you know your purpose? Do you know why God has chosen you to be here now? What does he want from you? What has he asked of you? What does he expect from you? If you are not certain, if you don't quite know how to answer that question, my friends, I beg you, to go to him and find out. 
find out either in your patriarchal blessing, find out in prayer, through fasting, through study, find out your purpose. And then like the savior, lean into that purpose and live for that purpose. Sherry Dew in her book, No Doubt About It, said, I can't imagine pain greater than stepping across the veil and realizing I had not done what I came here to do, or realizing that I had given up my life to little or nothing, only then to find out that it was gone. My friends, I testify that your Father in Heaven sent you here now for a reason. He has a purpose for you. If you don't know what that purpose is, find out. And then, like the Savior did, go towards that purpose, lean into that purpose, and spend your life fulfilling that reason, that design that God sent you here now. Doing so will result in greater joy, happiness, and peace in this life. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.